podcast my name is emilio sanchez reporting to you live from east oakland <laughs> how's everyone doing today i hope everyone's doing well um today today's topic and the topic that i inevitably will lead off with my most of my podcasting career is machismo and for those of you that don't know um at least for me myself i'm going to define machismo as hegemonic masculinity and essentially a behavior that is expected of men and an expectation that they are to be treated as such. Now, what does that mean? Let's dissect that a little bit. As behavior, here are some characteristics. You know, uh, for those of you that are familiar with it, you'll know that it's aggressive, sexist, chauvinistic, hyper-masculine. And I think for me, one of the key components here is the aggression and the sexism components, which I think, uh, you know, tie into hyper masculinity and chauvinism, right? The way we, and I will say we, because I think I have exhibited traits of machismo in the past, you know, I have been guilty of mansplaining before. I'm not perfect. I strive to be decent, at least. I strive to be a better person every day. But this component of regression is key i think with machismo because i think with machistas the way they are taught and the way they exert their presence and inevitably their control is by fear they believe themselves to be a powerhouse a sort of a force to be reckoned with so as a result you have a very aggressive man who really seeks to control who really seeks to be a presence and be controlling this kind of you know uh regime type you know of idea and it's not limited to fathers it's very much present in our men today especially in business which we can get to that in a different way shape or form right but it can be seen in the way that you know bosses treat their workers especially if they're men and the way these men are treated by the women that they're being surrounded with. I will say this, especially by their mothers, because it's true. Um, we are essentially babied into machismo from a young age. And it's just the result of, you know, what other men are, are these women around? And what sort of is ultimately the values they receive from the parent figures, right? Um Yes. So, um, and with that, I want to get into like this first marker of machismo that, you know, I learned about in college and I just wanted to share with y'all. There's this interesting component of treating the mother as sacred for machistas. And it's very interesting because you say, well, a machista is inherently sexist. Like, you know, every woman is beneath them, not their mothers. They're basically big mama's boys <laughs> in a way. So like they can be the bit, the biggest, you know, so-called badass, so-called, you know, um, feared figures in the world, you know, stone cold killers. But if you're like, 
I'm gonna tell your mama. It's like, what? <laughs> Don't tell my mom, please. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of funny. And I, I've seen that with my own dad. Um, <laughs> my mom has threatened my dad before um, with, uh, well, maybe not threatened, but my, my mom was like, I'm going to call your mom. And my, my dad was like, no, you're not. And I was like, what am I, what am I listening to right now? <laughs> And I just think I I thought it was funny, but then I realized like wow this is actually a thing. And then I studied it in college, like you know just learning about these different stories, which I have to cite at some point. You know what? I'll cite it in the description at some point. It'll be edited. Please forgive me if I don't do it right away, but that's something I want to do. I want to cite some of these works in the descriptions just so like y'all can see it and like understand it, right? I want to y'all give context. I want I want to provide context for y'all. So that you're able to see how it plays out in literature and then ultimately, hopefully, in your lived experiences, right? Um, and then there's these other components, right? I could talk about this all day, but domestic violence. And I think I saw a post today. I was going through Instagram and I saw friends post. Um, and it was regarding domestic violence. And, you know, men are the inherent perpetrators, I would say, of domestic violence. It was spewing out a few statistics of incarcerated women, and it said that over 90% of incarcerated women are in jail because of their, you know, because they, um, they, they killed their spouse. Or rather, in this case, I think it was, a no, 67%, it said that they're in jail because they are incarcerated because they killed their abusers. And it just, I think it goes to show, like, what, what it comes to when we're talking about domestic violence because it's very much a i want to say an unsung crime yes we talk about it a lot but we still don't treat it with the amount of seriousness that it needs to be you know um, a lot of calls aren't carried out and essentially women aren't being taken seriously when they're being hurt you know we some of us jump to like oh well some of them are just trying to like you know get rid of it or get rid of by it i mean you know the person in their life or they're trying to take advantage of the situation that's simply not the case we can't not unheed these cries for help because that's what they are um and not send help you know if if it's that serious someone will call 911 but anyways diverging a little bit but domestic violence as it relates to machismo um you know it, it it's very much it can occur in many, 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 many households where the male parental figure is empathetic, gentle, and support, supportive, and they're presenting themselves like that. The key word here is presenting. And I think that this is important to understand because very much I feel that lots of men give this impression that they're good men on face value as a result the people around them will never believe that they are really sexist aggressive abusive men but it's very interesting how appearances are important with respect to my machismo you know um and i, I want to give uh the the poster credit I mean, it, it's, it was a tweet from Hood Gothic and then the Cat Call Collective on Instagram. 
um, posted it. Um, but they were talking about abusers, and specifically, they were talking about, you know, uh, abusive men are all wolf in sheep's clothing. Abusers are found in the most charismatic, empathetic, and supportive presenting men. So I think that it's important to highlight that, you know, and, and the, the, these are traits of men that, you know, effectively run for office, effectively are politicians, and some are even in the White House. So I think these components are, are really like, in my, in my, my, you know, my perspective, there are indicators of this. It's really important to identify these too, and it make, makes you have those aha type moments. But I also want to talk about a sect of machismo, a sect of masculinity, but that can be positive. I think machismo is very much the negative, explanatory concept of why it is, you know, men are the way they are, specifically Latinx men. Because that, that concept is heavily present in Latinx men. That's where it comes from. That's where the term machismo comes from. Um, but now we're going to dive into caballerismo and caballero the word caballero means gentleman in english um, and the traits that market are nurturing family centered chivalrous and i'm going to add a few ones in here um i want to say confident and there's a key difference between pompous and confidence i think pompous is a very you know uh boastful way of presenting your confidence um which is how machismos display their confidence whereas where when it comes to caballerismos or you know caballeros the way that they display their confidence is it's, it's in a very humble and sort of almost respectable almost noble way you're like you're almost like wow this person's being very polite very humble and very you know um, kind of like they're making themselves small in a very polite way. They're almost putting themselves down, but like also giving the other party respect. And I think that's very admirable, right? These are very admirable traits. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still, it's still masculinity and there's still issues surrounding that. But when it comes to redefining it and trying to be a more positive man, I think that caballerismo is in the right direction, right? As men, you know, I think... Our, we need to use our masculinity in a positive way and, and to do that in a positive way is to very much take care of our families right and, and serve a role but also be very nurturing right i think oftentimes that when we think of positive parental figures they're presented in very nurturing lights for example my grandfather um my mother would tell me stories of how you know his name was juan <laughs> uh, grandpa grandpa juan i call him nino juan Manino Juan uh, would stay up and help his kids with homework. One of them being my, my mom. And I just never thought, it, it just completely 180 my mind because, you know, my, at least my mom didn't have the capacity to do that. My dad did, but he never did that for me. I mean, you know, he supported me ultimately in, in, in different ways, but that struck me differently when she told me that, you know, when she told me that Manino Juan would help my mom with homework like it just struck me in a different way and i thought huh there are positive things we can do as men in our daily lives you know i think another positive thing 
is you know being being a handy person i guess it's almost sexist in a way to expect that from your no sorry <laughs> my bad rewind not sexist but i think it, it's almost problematic to ex I, I think to expect that from from your um from your partner being a being a cisgender man you know to to build things but i think uh, I think it ties back into like this nurturing aspect, right? If it's someone that um, is effectively taking care of you and someone that with whom you have a very balanced and very healthy relationship, I think that's a very positive way in which they can exhibit their own sort of masculinity, right? Um, however it is, they can transmit what they've learned, I guess, is, is a very positive way they can do it. I mean, obviously, you can also have a man cook, clean, do the dishes. I mean, I've, I've said it before. If it comes to it, I have no problem being a stay-at-home father. I really want to be, or rather, yeah, to be a father one day and, and to have kids of my own and, and to take care of them and to really be involved, you know, mainly because it's it's a piece that, you know, um, my, my father wasn't able to do and uh, when when I was younger. So I really want to do it for my for my kids one day. Um, and then I guess we get to the third component, which is chivalrous, which I think for me is the reason why caballerismo is still like a type of machismo, because chivalry, to an extent, is almost I'm sorry, planes, helicopters. You know, that goodie stuff and stuff. Living right by the airport, by the Coliseum. Go Raiders. <laughs> but anyways, um, caballerismo and sh uh, chivalry, right? I think, you know, it, it's very much a component that validates it as a sect of machismo and as a form of hegemonic masculinity, I think. Because chivalry can be sexist, very much. It very much puts women on a pedestal and not always a very positive light but i think like when it comes to chivalry you have to be at least in, in a positive chivalry type behavior uh one has to be at least when you're a cis you know a, a man um a cisgender male presenting man um you have to be very respectable of the communication you're receiving by the other party so if you're heterosexual and it's a um the other party is a woman a cisgender woman i think you have to be very mindful of what they're telling you for example you know i've been on dates before and i've offered to pay and i've been told no i think you can insist so many times to the point where it's like hey you know the other person wants to pay treat this person like a person and allow them to you know give them some autonomy i think at the end of the day having your peace and if your peace involves your autonomy which i think a lot of us you know it does then allow them that peace and not even that using that word allow them but don't disallow them that peace don't disallow them their autonomy you know let them pay or let them hold open the door let them walk through or whatever right uh, which brings me to my other point right like another classic gesture is holding open doors well sometimes you know it doesn't always have to happen but i think holding open the door is a very classic example of chivalry but it's also the in my opinion um a very accepted form of chivalry 
I think. It's not one that's like I think for me it's it's very it's a very simple gesture and it's so kind that anyone could do it and not seem so sexist, I guess. It's still sense I think it, it it has its roots in sexism, I would think, you know, very much again putting this woman on a pedestal and essentially I mean, not being bothered to open the door. You know, we very much are still treating women as fragile in that sense and as you know as pure and they they shouldn't be demanded for that sort of labor in that way shape or sense or form but it's still a very acceptable form um but i think um transforming even caballerismo into something new now that we're going into this topic of being chivalrous in a way that's respectable and accepts communication and i think if we add components of openness if we add components of mindfulness if we add components of effectively listening and not interrupting not being overbearing as a man i think we can transform caballerismo into a redefinition for machismo as a whole as a whole caballerismo in of itself is already on the right track when it comes to redefining machismo but we still got a ways to go um but yeah um, and I'm sure most of you, if you, you know, are Latino men, and if you're just men in general, cisgender men especially, um, machismo is either something that is projected onto you constantly, or it's something that you're affected by. Be it some, some, being it something that you are traditionally unable to fulfill because they go against your core values, or that um, you're affected by it in a sense that it has a hold on you and your actions. And this hold is, it hurts. I can feel myself feel embarrassed sometimes when I apologize. And if you know me personally, you know I'm an over-apologetic person. But sometimes when I'm apologizing to strangers for really things that not a normal, in this case, man would apologize for, I do get this weight on me. And inside, it's like my core being, my core machismo being saying, why are you doing this? And for me, like my head steps in and it's like, because this is what at least a decent person would do. Um, and it's, you know, recognizing when they're wrong, I think, you know, um, I mentioned that I've mansplained before and I, I tend to be a smart ass sometimes and I think that's how I exhibit my machismo most. I can't help but step in and say something and add to the conversation. Almost this like classic need to feel that I'm knowledgeable or to validate to other people that I'm knowledgeable on a subject and I know how to do things. Like me knowing that myself isn't enough for me. And I think I think that's where it gets problematic. Um, and it's something that I'm working on a lot. And I also, I feel like it's also applicable to other, you know, folks out there. Um, men, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, I think with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. But we made long strides today in terms of exploring the concept of machismo. I brought up some examples of my experiences. And I also presented an idea of how we can transform it right um you know we should all strive to be i want to say at least caballeros if not better right recognizing our machismo even as caballeros right um and 
just striving to be better people, you know, and then also putting better people out in the world for those of us that look to have families in the future or look to start families or even those of us that are in spaces where we're mentoring and training young minds, being very mindful of these things and being very, you know, exhibiting positive values like we just talked about. So please um, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, you know, share it. You know, maybe someone wants to have some conversation with me more on this topic. Feel free to DM me. But yeah, this has been Emilio. Yeah, have a good day, everybody. <laughs>